You ever have trouble getting along with someone you don't get along with? You know, as we consider Thanksgiving this week, we should be thankful for the fact that by His Holy Spirit and in Christ's strength, we are able to get along with those we don't get along with. Hi there, and welcome to the broadcast. Once again, Truth For Today is on the air with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Back in the book of Romans today, as we continue our look at what we should look like, especially in those challenging times of our life. And man, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, aren't we thankful for the ability, God's strength and God's spirit to do what's impossible otherwise? Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard, shall we? As we continue today's broadcast of Truth For Today in Romans 13. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, and that's most of you. But another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. For God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. He gives at least four reasons here why we ought to be tolerant towards one another and why we should be welcoming and accepting one another in the church. Let me give you those four reasons, and I hope to develop them. First of all, We ought to be tolerant and accepting because God accepts them, verses 2 and 3. If God accepts people and accepts them, why don't you join him in that? Because God accepts us, first thing. Second of all, God sustains every believer, verse 4. God will make them stand. He can keep them from falling. And so if God can take care of his own and he will sustain his own, Let's not you and I be judgmental of his own. So God is going to sustain them. Thirdly, 
God is sovereign or God is Lord over every believer. Whether he's weak or strong, uh, there's one Lord over all believers, Jesus Christ. So one Lord, God is sovereign over every believer, verses 5 through 9. And then finally, because God alone, God alone is the judge of believers. God alone is the judge. And so we're living our lives before an audience of one. We're living it as before the Lord, for it's the Lord that we have the ultimate investigation. It's the Lord himself that it's his approval we want, because we can have man's approval and not have God's approval. So there's one Lord. So let me repeat that. Because God welcomes all believers, no matter whether they're weak or strong. Two, because he sustains every believer, whether weak or strong. Because he is the sovereign Lord over every believer, weak or strong. And because he's going to judge every believer, weak or strong. Let's, uh, let's see the qualifying principle. Verse 1. Accept him whose faith is weak. We've got to define two things. The acceptance here is not tolerate or just say hi. It means you embrace. Uh, have them in your home. Bring them in your circle. It's not a cold term. It's used of God embracing us. So warmly would be the idea. Warmly embrace believers in the church. Warmly embrace them. And then he said, uh, him whose faith is weak. Now here, you got to get this. The faith is not weak towards Jesus Christ. You really would say because their faith is weak in knowledge, they have conscientious objections to certain things. They're weak in knowledge, really, of faith. They cannot, in good faith, do some things that other believers can do. And this, was, this is the debate. Who are the weak and the strong here? Uh, there's various opinions. In 1 Corinthians, it was between idol worshipers and believers who had offered meat to the temple, and they had this idea that demons were in the meat. But that does not come up in this chapter. It's a different kind of a situation. Here, it's probably between uh, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, so that the Jewish believer comes to faith in Christ with a kosher diet all of their life. They've been trained on the book of Leviticus. They can't eat ham that they can't eat in certain things. And so they have scruples that they've been taught all of their life, a certain diet. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the church, they're in Christ, and they still have this dietary code. On one hand, it didn't bother God if that's the way they wanted to live. But what did they do? The Gentiles come into the church, and they're just saying, I just had a snake burger. You just had a what? Yeah, I just had a snake burger. I just had a little bit of a blood pudding. Uh, I just had meat so rare that the blood was all over my face. And, oh, how could you? Uh, this, is, uh, this is forbidden. This is, uh, against, this is not holy. This is not right. And this Gentile believer who has grown up with no food regulations, with no code, he said, what do you mean? Don't you know that we're accepted in Christ and it doesn't matter what you eat? Oh, no. It matters. Oh, it doesn't matter. 
Then the strong says, oh, you weak Christians. What, what's your hang-ups? Come on. You know, grab a clue here. Turn on the light in the upper story. Come on, we can do this. Turn it on. And they're over here saying, how can you claim to know God and you had ham for dinner? And by the way, on our calendar, we keep Passover. We keep this. We've got a sacred calendar we grew up with. And all you Gentiles do is you grew up on the gladiators in the arena and a few pagan uh, holidays. You don't observe Passover. You you, You don't have the same holy days. And then he mentions on in the chapter about wine. Oftentimes the priest of Israel forbidden to have wine. Why? These Gentiles have been growing up on wine all their lives. So in the Bible, you'd be amazed at how much print was given to what we can eat. You remember Peter? I, I ain't eating anything on that sheet. God just put down a menu from heaven. There it is. Frog legs. Eel. Come on. I mean, the stuff some of you eat, it should be unlawful. But anyway, the sheet said, here it is. There's the menu. Partake, Peter. Not me. I'm clean. And in essence, God said, you mean you're cleaner than me? I said you could eat that. I want you to go over and see this Italian boy with garlic on his breath and tell him about Christ. And I don't care about dietary laws anymore. That's out. Acts 15, they write legislation. Tell the Gentiles, it's just come by the way of the cross. Don't have to worry about circumcision. You don't have to worry about dietary laws. Just don't be immoral. And, and it tells them it was a big issue in the early church. And he says, I want you guys to accept one another. And when you get together, I don't want the church to turn into a quarreling match over, let's say, the strong here. Uh, looking down on the weep because they're so ignorant about what they can do. And the ignorant over here and the weak, as it were, judging the strong, you guys are libertines. You're breaking the law. Now, let me qualify this just a minute. This is not talking about right and wrong, who I can sleep with. This is talking about issues there is no law for or against. It's not about do I tell the truth, do I lie? The absolutes, we all must do that. Those are, there's absolutes. This is indisputable things. Food, days, wine, can I, can I, and the list. I ought to tell you some. Um, I grew up in the Wheat Brothers circles. I grew up among the wheat. Uh, we, we made more rules than God did. We had a rule for everything. Now, you know, culture changes. Uh, anybody born uh, except Elton, let's say, 19, wait, oh, 20s. I mean, culture things. Bill, things change culturally. What people can do in public now versus what even an unsaved world did. The kind of movies, I was taught against movies when they were harmless. Now everybody's got all this liberty to see movies that should have never went to market. See? But back here, you know, come on, gone with the wind? Give me a break. They need to spice that thing up a little. Uh, but you come over here, man, 
Eight people been killed in the first five minutes. Three women been slept with. And we've already robbed a bank. Isn't this edifying? He said, I don't have a conviction about that. No, that's our problem. We don't have a conviction about anything being right or wrong. Our generation doesn't need to worry about liberties. They need to learn about absolutes. Right, wrong. Now, and he's not talking about doctrine here. Well, I don't know if I believe the deity of Christ, but uh, accept me. Well, we will accept you uh, just as a human being, but we won't let you join this church. And we'll tell you, you need to be saved. It's non-negotiable. Now, we'll feed you. We'll clothe you. We'll be good. But, uh uh-uh. This is an absolute. Right? Now, let's move to a lighter subject. The, uh, let me tell you some of the things I grew up with in the weaker fellowships. I mean, and many of you, if you live long enough, you grew up around this. I grew up uh, that this, and, and you can kind of nod if you identify. Some of you are, are so young and, and rotten, you don't even know this stuff. You just, you just don't know. You don't know what we've lived through to get to you. Um, amusements. Man, when I got saved, amusements was a big issue. Do you go to movies or don't? How many identified? How many of you grew up with a list that told you where you're going and couldn't go about amusements? Anybody? Yeah. How many of you grew up, it was a sin for a Christian to go to movies? What about, it was a sin to go to dances? See, and some of you say, oh, what are these guys? They got off the ark. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, you know, the earth's crust was hardening just as they were born. Uh, well, and, and some of you grew up in churches that were not weaker brethren churches. You've never said, man, where did all this stuff come from? Hey, that's a non-issue. You're right. I was holding uh, meetings in Van Buren, Arkansas, 1964. And I told him, I was kind of messing with the pastor. I said, I want to go play golf. I didn't even know how. But he said, if you do, we'll close the meetings tonight. No evangelists of mine will golf. I said, golf? There is no sin golfing. It's what you say after you hit the ball. I mean, come on. That bothers God? It's what you do after the hit. But, boy... I'm glad I wasn't serious. Anyone grow up with church dress codes? No long sleeves. Uh, Oh, I mean, and we always, the code was for the women. We never told the men how to dress. I mean, they look like they fell off a garbage truck anyway. But, you know, it was always for the women. We knew how they ought to dress. And when I first started this church, I used to say, I grew up not believing in mixed bathing. And they all said, well, we did too. We didn't take a bath with our brother. I meant swimming. You never swim with females if you're the male. And I had back problems when we were living in Livermore. And I'd go to the Lawrence Radiation Lab to swim for my back. But I'm the dean of this Bible college. I thought, ooh, this is against the rules. You know, I got in the pool. It was great. When you're nearsighted, I saw no one. I mean, I'm waving at the lifeguard. He's over here. How could I lust? I couldn't see anything. Just like that. 
But man, if they turn me in, I could be in trouble. Because I'm mixed bathing. It's hilarious, but you'd believe how many churches are fighting over it. Cosmetics. Oh, isn't that a big one? I grew up with people you couldn't wear cosmetics. Uh, or if you wore it a little too much, you were Jezebel. And a lot of those sisters needed help. <laughs> but, but, you know, we just weren't allowed. We just, uh, the barn needed painting. You know what I mean. But, man, when I, my wife never wore uh, makeup until we started this church. Uh, and I said, wear makeup. She never questioned. Yeah. I said, there's no Bible against that. But culturally, I ran with people that was wrong. Can't do uh, Jewelry. Uh, I grew up with people that even you had to take off your wedding band in certain groups. You couldn't even wear a wedding band. Where did all this stuff come from? Scruples? This or that? Just, I don't know, somebody eat too much and they make a new rule? Or, or, or that was wrong? And so all of a sudden you get in this fellowship of believers where you're supposed to be celebrating Christ and the cross and what we got in common. And I meet you and say, by the way, do you go to dances? I, I, uh, I haven't, but I would have, if I could. Man. Oh, I can't have fellowship with you. You're worldly. I went to uh, uh, Western Baptist College when it was in El Cerrito, started my junior year there. And uh, I said, I'd never, I was just forced to hang out with Baptists because I wanted to go to school locally. I didn't want to move into a dorm. My mom could outcook anything in the, uh, at the school. I said, I want Mom Howard to be my cook. She's my dorm mother. I don't need some room advisor. Mama, you iron. Mama, Rich learned to iron at San Jose State. I kept Mama on the payroll. Mama, keep ironing. So I go to Western Baptist, but they don't even have the Holy Ghost. They don't have it. And I go in the bookstore, and there's Mrs. Hills. And when I see her, she has no makeup on. I said, what's wrong with you? You're a Baptist. You're supposed to be worldly. Wasn't prejudice, was I? I'll just tell you, the weaker brother. He just said, well, I, I choose not to wear it. Does that bother you? I said, well, no, I thought all you Baptists painted up all the time, go to movies all the time, and boogie on Saturday night. And I'm in a regular Baptist. You don't know anything about regular, regular Baptists. are as strict as you want to get. And so he said, no, I feel fine without it. I hope it doesn't bother you. I said, well, boy, I didn't know there was any Baptists. It doesn't make any difference. But I didn't know. Because I grew up with people, man, this was wrong. That's wrong. This. And as I grew in knowledge, I said, that's not wrong. They're just weak. They don't have knowledge. They don't know. But for them, they can't do it. Because they don't know. Learn your Bible and you can do more things. But it won't be sin. Look at the first thing he says here. Accept them because God does. Verse 3. You're looking down on each other. You're condemning each other. Cut it out. God has accepted them. Verse 3. How dare we not to accept whom God accepts? But. Well, I hear you're doing this. I can't do that. Well, that's fine. I don't want you to do it. Leave me alone while I do it. Right? 
But sometimes church life can be a bunch of nosiness. This, not necessarily of you precious people, but some make it their business to tell everybody what they can do, and it's none of your business. Now, if you're out in open sin, that's a different matter. We're talking about questionable, disputable areas where you can do it or not do it. So, he says, let's accept people that God accepts and not be judging them. And then he says, uh, let's uh, know that God will sustain them. Look at verse 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And the word here for servant is household slave. And he he calls the master here, and something that you never did in that culture, I had no rights to tell your servant what to do. Let's say I'm a guest in your home. It'd be somewhat like a man's children, but sometimes your children need to be straightened up. But anyway, uh, but not in this sense, that, that when a master, his service there, he's waiting the table, you as a guest can't boss that servant around. Uh-oh, you, you just cross all boundaries of propriety. It, do not boss my servant. There's only one master in this house. And in God's church, there's only one master. It's not the strong or the weak. It's the almighty. God the son. And he says, you know what? I, it's a metaphor when he says they shall stand or fall. It's believed to be metaphorical for they will be approved or disapproved. The only way in this house you get divine approval is you do what the master says. He's the only one that can approve you or disapprove you, not the judgmental spirit going back and forth between the brethren. He alone can sustain us. So we must live out our Christian life to him. That's the third thing he says. Uh, live as though God is your Lord and sovereign. Christianity is to be lived vertically to God. Listen to what he says. One man esteems one day above another. Another doesn't. One eats meat, one doesn't. Then he says, the guy that eats meat, he does it to the Lord. He gives thanks to God. The one who doesn't eat the meat does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. So the weaker brother and the strong brother both says, I'm doing what I'm doing is unto you, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you for vegetables. The guy over here said, man, you ought to eat this steak. And he said, I I can't. Uh, You're eating pork. I said, I'm a Jewish Christian. I can't. But, but this guy over here, this strong guy, he can say, Lord, I thank you for this food. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a 
question about the broadcast, a prayer request. Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511M Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times. And we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up. 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. And the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time. God bless.